Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280 New Orleans. We'll get back into uh, Saints talk here in just a second, but we're going to switch gears, talk a little LSU recruiting. Man, the the storylines never rest. It feels like there's something going on with LSU recruiting every week now. Some, there's some kids committing. you got a commitment in this class. you got a commitment in the next class. Just tons of stuff uh, continues to roll on with the recruiting cycle. And our buddy Jimmy Smith from TigerDetails.com joins us now to discuss it. Jimmy, what's going on, man? Oh man, as you said, uh, always something going on, right? So, <laughs> what what, uh, what happened? Stay on top of all of it. What happened, Jimmy? To just the one signing day in February, and it was like you didn't really, really yeah. start getting heavy into recruiting until like towards the end of the season, or at least some fans didn't. Now it's just this year-round thing where we're, people are following recruits on Twitter, and the early signing period has really opened uh, the door for this thing to be a year-round event. Yeah, the early signing period uh, has kind of changed the way schools approach recruiting, and it's kind of forced the kids to to, re- to commit earlier to these programs. I mean, when you look at schools, LSU has 22 commitments out of 25. Alabama has 22 out of their 25. Ohio State has 22 out of what believes to be a 26-man class for them. So uh, a lot of the, the premier programs and really just about everyone is um you know it's past the halfway mark if not fit wrapping up their classes and we're only here in in August and that has a lot to do with the early signing period uh, kind of moving everything up a couple months if you will so um in, in the old days you know and we're just talking a few years ago February signing day move everything up two months we're basically uh you know rounding into October now on the old schedule um you know so it's just kind of shifted things a bit. All right, let's get into it. The the latest big commitment to the 2020 class for LSU, Jaquelin Roy, yeah. who was, uh, you know, a guy that was committed to LSU at one point, decommitted, was getting a lot of interest from Alabama and Texas A&M, and everybody kind of thought, all right, it's going to come down to either LSU or Alabama. Friday night at his school, he made the big announcement uh, that he it did indeed pick LSU, but uh, one, it's great for LSU because this kid is a, is a unique talent. But two, Jimmy, LSU's got a – they're getting pretty loaded up here on defensive linemen in this class. They they really are. And this was the big need position coming in, really on both sides of the ball, on the, on the offense and defensive line. Uh, Coach Orgeron's been vocal about it, trying to get better in the trenches if you're going to compete for national championships. We've all seen it unfold on, on Saturdays against some of the premier programs. Alabama uh, comes to mind a, a little bit there. So. Um, they came in wanting a lot of defensive linemen and a different type of defensive linemen. Uh, they they want to be a little more athletic on the edges. Um, they want to be able to create more pressure and be more disruptive up front. And you have to recruit more athletic guys, and that's what you see in this class. Guy like Pat Jenkins out of John Errett. I mean, this guy, this guy has unbelievable elite level first step quickness. So you bring that in, then you have a guy like Jaqueline Roy at six four, two hundred eighty five pounds, lean, mean, athletic. Uh, can move around on that defensive front, and and the list goes on and on. Alec Bryant from Texas, a little a little bit undersized for a three four, but they think he'll he'll fill out the two hundred and seventy five pounds, 
pure muscle and be able to be a athletic quick force coming out of Texas. So they they're really loading up up front, and they might not be done. There's still guys on the board, and and uh, that's a position group. Ed Orgeron, you know, has dug his heels in and said he he's not going to lose anymore. He he wants to re, rebuild that group because they're going to be fairly thin moving forward. So they really needed some impact guys in this group. All right. Well, what does this mean for uh, Jacoby and Guillory, the other big uh, defensive yeah. lineman from the state of Louisiana? Obviously, I think if he wants to pick LSU, they'll find room for him. But as you mentioned, starting to become a numbers game here with only three spots left as of right now. Yeah, you know, luckily for LSU and Guillory's sake, I guess, if he wanted to go to LSU, is that they don't have a, a lot of nose guards uh, in this class. They have Jordan Berry from California. Um, the thought is, uh, you know, he his his number could get called if if they start running tight on numbers. Um, they haven't committed for quite some time, but uh, you know, you're getting into this numbers crunch, and you can't turn a guy like Guillory down. So uh, there there's a chance that some rooms rooms going to have to be made, and and a guy like Barry would come to mind there. Uh, you know, so there, there's room for him to get in this class. They'll find a way to make it happen. You can't let a talent like that leave the state of Louisiana if he wants in. Uh, they've been recruiting him heavily. Uh, you know, the problem for them is his announcement won't come towards the end until the end of the cycle. And so you've got quite some time from now until then to recruit him. And Alabama's still in the mix. Um, I, I do feel like LSU has a, has a firm hold on, on the situation right now, though. One of the other guys that, that they had in this class about a little over a week ago that we didn't get a chance to talk with you about yet is the uh, the big tight end uh, that they got, Cole Taylor, uh, yeah. six foot six, two twenty five. Uh, all due respect to Foster Morrow, who I thought maybe was underused at times. It, it feels like LSU. It's been a while since they've had that that Richard Dixon, that big tight end that they could just target oh. at any time. Uh, what do you like about Cole Taylor? Uh, you know, the size jumps out to you first and foremost, but he's a very fluid athletic kid. Um, you know, has really good uh, body control and, and ball skills and is able to make some tough catches. He can high point the ball uh, and he catches the ball well in traffic. I really like this kid's upside. And, and they're trying to get a little more athletic, a little more dynamic at that tight end position in the passing game. They want to flex guys out more moving forward. You see Stephon Sullivan kind of moving to that flex tight end position this year for him, and they think a guy like Cole Taylor could come in behind him. Uh, very similar body types and, and very similar games. Uh, I thought it was a great steal for them. Um, you know, he was leaning to Penn State for quite some time, and they just dug in and dug in and took a lead and then just closed the deal. So it was a big win for them to get Cole Taylor. That was a, a position they wanted to fill in this class, and, and uh, they look pretty good moving forward at the tight end position. All right, let's get into it, Jimmy. I know everybody, what, what happens as fans is that you get a guy in the recruiting class, they go, okay, great, who's next? And so that's where a lot of fans' attention yeah. moves is, all right, who else can they get? Well, you know, as we kind of look, as you said, you know, becoming a numbers game here, uh, who are some other big-name guys out there that they could be looking at? I know the, uh, the running back out of Houston is one that mm-hmm. a lot of people have their eyes on. Yeah, Zach Evans. They're really trying to add a dynamic back to this class. Um, they've had Zach Evans on campus multiple times uh, through the spring and summer, most recently on uh, this week. Um, so they're, they're really hoping that they can make the move on him. A lot of people thought he was an Alabama lean at some point. Uh, there's some chatter now that Texas A&M is the real threat for LSU. Uh, looks like it could be a three-team race between those three SEC West powers, though. And, 
And uh, they definitely want to dig on him. And if they can't get him, I think they'll turn their attention to Warren Easton running back a shot, Clayton. Um, that's a guy they've been recruiting, and they, they just spoke with yesterday. Uh, so it's a guy they, they've been on the phone with frequently. And, and so if, if something goes awry with Zach Evans, I think they, they quickly move on a shot, Clayton. And, and then you have um, another in-state guy in the New Orleans area, and Coy Moore from Rumble High School, uh, wide receiver. Uh, I think they have a slight edge for him right now. Um, he's kind of been back and forth. He, he likes the idea of playing on the West Coast and setting up a trip to Oregon. But I think LSU's taken a lead and been able to hold off these other programs going down the stretch. And I wouldn't be surprised if if, if Moore makes an announcement in, in the next couple months, uh, securing his spot in the class. And and then they'll be waiting for Jacoby Guillory. And then uh, you know they they have other guys outside of the state borders at other positions. Philip Webb comes to mind, a dynamic edge rusher. If he wants in the class, they'll juggle some numbers around and make it work. And and so uh, they're in pretty good position to finish with a, a very strong twenty uh, five man class. I know a shot Clayton's listed as six foot. Some of the video I saw on him, he just looked a little small to me. Is he still kind of growing into his body? Six foot, one hundred and ninety pounds. Yeah, I think, you know, I think a more accurate measurement at this point might be 5'11", 200, 205. He's filled out pretty well. He's got a, a thick lower body, um, and, you know, and he's starting to fill out in his upper body. And, and I think he's just below that six-foot mark. Uh, wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets there one day. But I think you're looking at 5'11", 6'foot, 215, 220-pound college running back. All right, well, we'll definitely be watching Warren Easton uh, games this year to see to see what they're getting in him, just like we we're, were watching Desterhand games last year and John Emery to see uh, what kind of athlete they were getting mm-hmm. in him. Uh, Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com, joining us. All right, Jimmy, let's uh, turn the page a little bit to a year ahead, the 2021 class. Uh, LSU picking up their first pledge in that class yesterday, four-star defensive end Landon Watson out of the state of Texas. Uh, this kid seems like a, a pretty darn good recruit, even though he's still got a couple years left in high school. Yeah, you know, a consensus four-star early in the, in the recruiting rankings from the multiple networks, um, you know, has a lot of good offers. And kind of in that mold we were talking about a little while ago, you know, right now measuring around six foot three, two 240 pounds, maybe a tad undersized um, for some three, four fronts. LSU's looking to get a little more athletic on the edges. Uh, they view him similar to how they have Alec Bryant. He's a very thick kid, broad shoulders, very thick back. They think he can be a very stout 275, 280, um, hold the point of attack in that three-man front. And, and they're looking to use multiple fronts moving forward. And having these kind of guys in place allows you to do that. You can move in and out of the 3-4 and you have the personnel uh, that can be effective in doing so. So, uh, they, they're trying to become more versatile in their, in their front seven, more athletic, and uh, and this was a great pickup for them, uh, helping them move in that direction. It, it's kind of weird looking ahead to the 2021 class because, as we just mentioned, that's the first kid LSU's picked up. I'm looking at the class, though. Miami's already got 13 kids committed for 2021. Yeah. Uh, is, yeah. that, is that it's just Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz jumping in there and saying, hey, forget about this year. We need to be focusing on next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, when I was drawing up this um, commitment yesterday, waiting for it to go public, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, God, they're first committing the class. And then I thought about it, like, that just doesn't sound right. Let me double check. Like, maybe I'm forgetting something, you know. It just didn't feel like with 22 commitments in 2020, knowing that the way Miami and some of these other schools are rolling in 21, you just kind of felt like LSU probably already had some 2021 commitments in the books, and they really don't. 
so it shows that all their focus has been trying to finish out this nationally ranked class, the number one in the country right now. Um, almost a lock to finish the top five at this point. Um, so, so they're going to have to start picking things up in 2021, uh, assuredly, if they if they want to be able to recruit at the same level next year. What's going on with Georgia? I, I mean, I look at them; they're top five right there, and obviously Kirby Smart's done a great job. But they only have 16 recruits in this class right now. Are they, are they kind of waiting back on their heels for a lot of these big name kids to, to commit right now? Well, it was uh, it came in waves, and the early rush of guys they were recruiting, they missed on a handful, and then they shifted their focus um, to other elite prospects. You know, Georgia is recruiting at a level that Clemson and Alabama have been recruiting for a couple of years now. Um, it's almost a draft for those schools. LSU's kind of in that mold this year and getting on that national recruiting level. Um, and, and so they just shift their focus, and, and now they're starting to lock up some of those high-level recruits in this second run of commitments. They just got Chad Lindbergh the other day. They're in a good position with four-star offensive lineman out of Warren Easton, Cedric Van Pran. A lot of people think uh, that commitment could be imminent. Um, Keely Ringo, a five-star corner, looks like he's on his way to Georgia. They just got Kendall Milton last night, five-star recruit. So, while everybody's battling and jockeying for those top positions in the recruiting rankings, uh, Georgia's slowly making the climb. And when all is said and done, I think it's going to be a Clemson-Georgia battle for that number one um, ranking nationally. Uh, and with LSU you know, fighting Alabama and Ohio State for that three, four, and five spot, that's kind of how I see this thing shaking out right now. And Georgia's about to go on a run. They've already kind of started it. They, they've made that first turn. Uh, now they're about to come up and, and come down the back stretch with some, some powerful commitments. So they're about to make a run in those recruiting rankings. Yeah, Kendall Milton, a big one yesterday, the running back, which he had LSU in his final schools, but I think most people assumed he was going to go to yeah. Georgia. And if you're an LSU fan, hey, again, anyone but Alabama, as long as he wants to, if he wants to stay in the SEC, go to Georgia, who LSU won't see until the uh, SEC title game. Just stay away right. from Alabama. Uh, Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Jimmy, um, I, I love the website. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a member there at TigerDetails.com. But what I love about it is you cover the recruiting front like nobody else, but you also cover the football team in general. And you got a good article up right now, six position battles that the LSU staff will need to figure out at fall camp. And you do a good breakdown of talking about a lot of the battles that still are kind of up in the air going into uh, to camp here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of returning starters, right? But uh, LSU's big on the rotation side of things, especially on defense and at the wide receiver position. So there's still a lot of question marks. You know, how are they going to uh, handle the, the snap counts at running back day? You know, is this going to be a multi-head uh, snake here? Is this just going to be one guy kind of toting the rock and carrying the load? I see it being a... a Back by committee type system. Uh, you know, you still have the depth chart now. Kevin Joseph transferring. What are we going to What are they going to do at corner? Uh, it looks like in their two deep, there's a good chance they're going to have two true freshmen in their two deep, one starting and one as a, a prime backup. So uh, just kind of breaking down as we, we head into fall camp, you know, what, what the, the staff is going to be looking at and try to assess and, and try to get this team ready. And a big part of that is going to be what is their rotation at certain position groups. Well, the big news of the day, Jimmy, is that we got a jersey change. Christian Fulton going from number 22 to number 1, and that means both Rummel guys, one on offense, one on defense, are wearing the number 1. Yeah, yeah, I thought that yeah, it was pretty interesting. You know, uh, some some people thought Fulton might be a contender for that number 18 jersey spot. I didn't necessarily see that. Um, I think number one, it's, it's good for him. It's a good marketing 
uh, scheme. You know, one, one's very identifiable on a football field. Uh, and so that's why I think it's a good move for him. And, and he's going to have a sensational season. I was uh, kind of running through some of the old games a couple of weeks ago during this dead period that I had recorded. And uh, I, I, I don't know if everybody fully appreciates how good this kid really is. He was better than Greedy Williams last year. <laughs> I mean, hands down. When you break down the film and you start giving grades. And so uh, I tossed that to a source over at LSU and said, hey, is this kind of how y'all had it graded? And they said, oh, yeah, we, we thought Christian was the, the highest graded corner on our football team last year. And so, um, you know, I expect him to have a monster season and really push for that All-American status and, and ultimately end up being a first-round pick. Well, it's like when you got a guy in Gritty Williams who's the number one, well, they're going to go with the number two guy in Tess right, Fulton. Right. I thought he lived up to the hype, and now that'll be the test this year for Derek Stingley. If they're going, well, let's not throw Fulton's way because we know how good he is, well, time for Derek Stingley to step up. And, man, everything you've heard about him from the, 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 the practices with the bowl game, uh, it just sounds like the hype, the hype can't get big enough for this kid, but it sounds like he's going to live up to the hype. Yeah, and, and it was weird when writing that, assessment and, and position battle piece uh, yesterday we just spoke on. When I got to the cornerbacks, it was almost like, okay, you have Fulton and Stingley. Who else do you have? <laughs> well, I mean, the kid hadn't even played a game yet, but that's kind of where we're at. Since he's been there at the bowl games, we've heard about the coaches raving uh, about his ability to use hands on the ball and intercept passes, and I think he had 17 interceptions and 11 practices at one point, which is absurd. 11 practices in a row, this kid came down with an interception. That's insane. <laughs> His first 11 practices in a college uniform. So, uh, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit for him. I've been telling people for a while, my background's in scouting high school players. Um, that's the best position, skill position player I've ever seen. Hands down the best corner. Uh, I would say he's probably, the you know, second would be Julio and Patrick Peterson, just to kind of give you an idea uh, of the kind of athlete, you know, I think Stingley is. And, and ultimately, those those opportunities with them shying away from Fulton are going to give him plenty of opportunities uh, to make a ton of plays, and I expect him to be involved in the return game. And it wouldn't shock me by season's end if people are considering him to be one of the elite, if not the elite cornerback in the entire SEC. He is that kind of talent. He is uh, Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com is the website. Again, I'd encourage all you guys to go there and read uh, Jimmy's piece up on the six position battles to watch for uh, for LSU going into camp here. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it, and uh, let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Jimmy Smith there, TigerDetails.com, of course, on Twitter, at Jimmy Detail, and uh, one of the best out there when it comes to covering uh, LSU recruiting, but also... Uh, just everything around LSU in general. And like I said, the uh, the piece that he's got up there right now, breaking down six position battles for uh, LSU staff that they need to figure out a fall camp. And here we are, man. They're going to get going here real soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.